Hello there, this is Jason Dees, and this is the Think Through It podcast. Think Through It exists to help people think through the big questions of life and culture. On the Think Through It podcast, we'll be talking with friends, cultural influencers, and forward thinkers about the things that all of us need to be thinking about. Today, I'm going to be having a conversation with one of my favorite guys in the world, Blake Rogers. I have the privilege of working with Blake together every day as we lead and shepherd Christ's covenant. On the podcast, we're going to be talking about our particular discipleship model at Christ's covenant, which is really just membership in the church. We'll be talking through what it means to be a member of Christ's covenant, and in so doing, we'll be talking about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Even if you're not a member of Christ's covenant, this is going to be a helpful conversation for you just in thinking about Christian discipleship in general. But if you are a member, it will be particularly helpful. So thanks for joining us as we think through it. So Blake, you know, one of the things that I think you can kind of go through church and seminary even and even like become a pastor and not ask the basic question like what is a disciple or maybe what are we trying to accomplish when we're making disciples i think obviously teaching people to observe everything that christ has commanded baptizing people in the name of the father son and holy Mm -hmm. spirit but you know that's that's pretty broad yeah right and so i think you have to ask what does it mean to teach people to observe everything that Christ has commanded. What does it mean um, to make disciples? And I, I maybe it's just me. I don't know that a lot of churches maybe can't articulate that, or maybe they haven't even asked that question. I don't know. Is that your experience, or, or did that just? I mean, Blake, you're you're a smart guy. Maybe this stuff just came naturally to you, or do you have? Did you have a moment in your kind of pastoral? life where you're like, okay, I got to stop back. I got to sit back and answer this very important question and give people some rails to run on. Yeah. Um, I think for most of my life, what it meant to be a Christian was that you were involved in a corporate worship gathering, uh, that you would come together with a group of believers, uh, on a pretty frequent basis. Most of the time growing up in my context, that was on Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night. And uh, that was uh, the expression of what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus, is that you were coming together with the people of God to worship God. However, you know, I, d- I do think the question you're asking is, is super relevant. Um, and it is a question of not just what does this mean, what does this look like day in and day out? How do I break this down, you know, what this means to be a disciple and apply this to my day in and day out life. And I think it's something that we're trying to do uh, for our little church family uh, here at Christ Covenant. Yeah. And so what we've tried to do here is give the members of our church, and and I realize that not everybody listening is a member of our church, but we just wanted to take some time in this podcast and talk about what does discipleship look like at Christ Covenant? And really the answer is it looks like membership. You know, Mm -hmm. what is our discipleship program? What are we trying to do? It's church membership. But we've tried to ask some things of our members that I believe will keep them faithful as disciples. And it kind of all starts with really our core, our core convictions of who we are 
as a church, we want to be a gospel people, a kingdom people, a mission people. We want to be gospel-centered. We want to be kingdom-minded. We want to be mission-active in everything that we do as Mm -hmm. a people. And if you've been around Christ's covenant for any amount of time, we've kind of given a little definition to those three ideas. Um, We want to be a church that has the gospel at the center of everything we do. We want to be clear and have gospel clarity on everything that we do. Um, and then we also want to be gospel fluent, meaning that we want to teach people to, to not only know the gospel in a clear way, but then be able to apply the gospel to everything in their life. So Blake, anything you know that you would want to say to that or how that's maybe worked out in a unique way here? Yeah, and you know, if you're going to have the gospel as the center of your life, if you're going to be clear on the gospel, and if you're going to know how to talk about it, um, we think that you need to be active in a few different gospel activities, the first being corporate worship. You need to come, uh, you need to sit under the authoritative preaching of God's Word um, and, and and worship with a covenant family together to be encouraged to know God uh, in that context, to hear brothers and sisters around you singing truth and holding to truth fast uh, in, in in life's struggles and in life's hardships, coming together uh, in corporate worship. You know, I was actually thinking about that just, I just was literally having a conversation and thinking about our sermon this week from Hebrews chapter 10, do not neglect coming together, the episunagoge, the, the gathering, the meeting together of the church as is the habit of son. And then basically the author of Hebrews goes on to say, because if, you've, if you neglect this, you'll have persistent sin in your life and eventually you'll go to hell. I mean, really, that's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so corporate worship is such an essential part of the Christian life. And, you know, I just say if you're listening to this, and corporate worship is not a priority in your life, then you're in sin. I mean, it's a command of Scripture to not neglect the meeting of the gathering of the saints. And obviously there's some people that, you know, because of sickness or because of, you know, just some extenuating circumstance in their life, I understand that there may be a season where it's difficult to gather. But, you know, the typical priority rhythm of the Christian life is gathering. Mm -hmm. So important. Yeah, and eternity may hang on it. Yeah. What what else are things in terms of just understanding the gospel, having a sense of gospel fluency, and keeping gospel central in your life? Mm -hmm. What are uh, some other kind of behaviors or disciplines that we ask of folks. Yeah, so we've got, you know, the corporate gathering um, that happens uh, once a week. And then we also have smaller corporate gatherings that we'll talk about in a little bit called community groups um, that are like local, smaller local expressions of uh, of the corporate covenant family. Uh, but personally, um, along the lines of gospel clarity, we encourage all of our members to um, have a personal devotion time where they're taking time out of their days uh, just to spend with the Lord. And this can be 15 minutes. It can be an hour. There are people all over the spectrum um, in that regard. But just taking time to remind ourselves, to refresh our minds, to renew our minds uh, in the truth of God so that uh, we might honor Him in our thoughts and that might shape our heart as we move throughout our days. And I'm just flipping through uh, one of the things that we want to do for all of these um, activities or behaviors in our church is give you a field guide, give you some sort of guide rail to run on. And we just published one on uh, personal devotion. And this is a really helpful 
um, little field guide. If you're if you're looking for um, some how to get started on this, um, how to get started with having a consistent personal devotion, or some people use the word quiet time, you can pick these up here at the collective. You can pick them up at church, but it's the personal mm-hmm. devotional field guide. And it's a great help to get you started. Yeah. How, what else? Uh, family worship is another thing that we push all of our members towards um, as they're pursuing uh, gospel centrality, clarity, and fluency in their lives. Um, obviously, um, the Lord uh, is sovereign over all of us, and, and uh, He's sovereign over the families and the, the little ones. I'm a parent, so He's sovereign over the little ones that are in uh, my home, and uh, He's uh, Lord over us. And so uh, and, and he gives us as parents responsibility to shepherd, to teach uh, the truth of God to them. And so uh, my hope is that I'm leading my wife well, and we're gathering together um, as, you know, as spouses for family worship, that we're talking about the scriptures, we're talking about what the Lord is doing, that we're praying in a unified way, and that we're also instructing our kids uh, to do the same. And, you know, one of the things we want to do is also produce a field guide for family worship. This does not have to be as intimidating as I think people think it is. It's it's just opening the box, just creating spiritual conversation really in the home. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, and I've got a a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and, uh, you know, it does not look very orderly necessarily whenever we come together for family worship. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, and I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Now, my six-year-old, I'll give you hope, Blake. My six-year-old's actually pretty easy. She's yeah, a, that's good. Yeah, and your one-year-old will be easy too. Your three-year-old, though, he's a wild card. It may be <laughs> that may be a long journey. So that's kind of under the gospel. We we want to be a church of gospel centrality, gospel clarity, gospel fluency, and in order to develop those things in our lives, we ask you to make corporate worship, personal devotion, and family worship a priority and regular rhythm of your life. And you know, obviously, we worship corporately once a week. Uh, we ask you in personal devotion to try to make that a daily part of your life. You know, at least five times a week, we say, um, at, you know, 10 to 15 minutes is kind of a, you know, a minimum time. That's a, that's enough time to at least still your heart for a little while, get focused on a passage of Scripture and spend some time in prayer. And then family worship, if you'll be doing that, you know, again, about two times a week for 20 minutes or so. And, we say, and, and this these are just guidelines. You know, our family worship time— it's usually only about 10 or maybe 15 minutes, but we do it more frequently. We do it basically five times a week. And so just depends on what you guys, what works for y'all, but but trying to make these things a priority in your life as you pursue to understand and apply the mystery and the beauty of the gospel. The second kind of big area, though, for us as a church, we want to be kingdom-minded people, um, and that really applies itself in two kind of ways. There's a gathered or uh, an inward-facing component of that, and then a scattered or outward-facing component of that. So we talk about being a kingdom family, and we talk about being kingdom ambassadors. So first of all, to be a kingdom family, there's kind of two components that really fit in with that. Um, Let's talk about those. What, Mm -hmm. What are those two components? Well, uh, the first is supporting the family. And so if there are um, things, needs that arise within the family, just being members of this family uh, who are willing to step up and to uh, give of our time, talent, and treasure to support the work and the needs of uh, the family. The other being uh, relational discipleship, uh, being in uh, those community groups that I mentioned earlier uh, on a frequent basis, getting to know people 
at a deeper level. Um, our community groups are really designed to meet four objectives uh, each week. Uh, the first being belonging. We want people to, to come and know that you're a part of the family, that you have a place uh, in this family. Uh, the second thing is really growing in godliness. Uh, we want uh, the time being spent there to be focused on the truth of God, uh, holding that uh, collectively, um, holding one another collectively accountable to that. And then uh, vulnerability and accountability being kind of the third and fourth things uh, that we hope those uh, community groups achieve each week. And, then, and there's really easy ways for those of you that remember that are Christ Covenant. You can get connected to a group online. You can um, visit any group um, in terms of supporting the church. That's also something that you can kind of get going online. Uh, and again, these aren't just like things that work at Christ Covenant. These are biblical ideas. I mean, the, the idea of generosity, we see that throughout the Scriptures. We certainly see it uh, in both the Old and the New Testament, uh, and it's obviously so foundational for the church. And then in terms of relational discipleship in the same way, um, the, the way that Christians love one another or in real relationship with one another is, is how they are known as Christians. And if there's not a one another, if there's not another group of people that you're loving, that you're in relationship with, that you're pursuing God with, you really can't show yourself as a follower of Christ. And one of the, at Christ's covenant, you know, we don't just want to have, um, you know, we don't just want to talk about kingdom family. We really want to be a kingdom family. Mm-hmm. I think another one of the ways that this has worked out is just in treating church membership like it's something. Um, you know, this is another question that a lot of churches have not asked. What is the church? And we believe that the church is the people. It's the, it's the collection of people, the people that are gathered to be the church, um, that are committed to one another and that are covenanted with one another, pursuing God together. Um, and so this is part of being a family, a family of believers. And our elders take very uh, take our membership role and our members that God's given us very seriously to look over to them, to shepherd them, to care for them. Um, so that's a huge you know, benefit of having these strong inward-facing mm-hmm. relationships. But what about our outward-facing relationships? We talk about kingdom ambassador. What does that word ambassador mean, and why do we use that word? Yeah, I mean, well, what is an ambassador, a foreign ambassador? It's well, it's, some, yeah, yeah, someone that is representing a country yeah, in right. a different country. Yeah, so they, they carry the authority of even the representation, the authority of that other country in uh, their um, new space, wherever that is. That's exactly what uh, we want our people to be, is uh, people who recognize that they are of the people of God, of the family of God, and they're living uh, their lives on this earth uh, with the authority of Christ, representing Christ uh, wherever they go, and hopefully going and making disciples. And and yeah, I, I, you talk about ambassador language. I love that language because ultimately we're not needy citizens of any of the kingdoms, quote-unquote, of this world that we're a part of, Right. We have all of our needs have been met. Mm-hmm. All of our identity has already been taken care of in Christ, right? In Christ, we are sons and daughters of the living God. In Christ, we have life eternal. In Christ, we have an inheritance that is guaranteed for us by the very Holy Spirit of God. In Christ, we have love and community and communion. And therefore, because we are such we are a citizen of such a great country, the kingdom of Christ, we can be blessings to these other countries, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, where we serve, these other kingdoms where we serve. 
be it your neighborhood, your workplace, or wherever else. Yeah, that's great. The last kind of section, the last ideal is, is being mission and really being active on mission. Um, and we talk about this in two senses, both the Great Commission, um, and we, we put that under mission because obviously it is a commission. It's a mission that Christ has given us to make disciples and to be about um, seeing that the whole world can know and hear about this great Redeemer, and so that the whole world has a, has a chance, at least an opportunity, to follow after Him as Savior and Lord. But we also talk about the great commandments, and really particularly what we're talking about here is the second commandment, the second great commandment, which is to love your neighbor and to be a good neighbor. So mm-hmm. how do we really b- work these ideas out in practical behavior in the life of our church? Yeah, um, for Great Commission, uh, we, we've identified uh, missions partners throughout the world um, that we are looking to raise up people from our church family to go and uh, support their uh, ministries uh, globally. Uh, we also, you know, as a part of Great Commission work, encourage our people to have discipleship relationships, outward facing discipleship relationships with uh, people who are not of the kingdom of God, who are not citizens um, of the kingdom of Christ. And so um, definitely being, um, you know, engaged globally and being engaged locally in that Great Commission uh, mandate that Christ gives us um, in Matthew 28. And then in terms of even serving in the church, there is a Great Commission serving our church, to bless our church and to love them, but to also just make disciples among the people in their church. I mean, there's a lot of service opportunities within our church that are really disciple-making kind of opportunities. And and, and serving the church really is a good way to, to A, make disciples, but B, just be a good neighbor, to meet practical needs. And that goes along with a, a third kind of component, which is blessing the city. And, and what are we what do we intend to mean when we, when we talk about being a blessing to our city? Um, we want to, like you mentioned earlier, as, as citizens of the kingdom of Christ um, who are indwelled by the Spirit, we have the capacity to go and be selfless in the city, to love others as Christ has loved us um, to our city. And so uh, some of the things that we do is we look to, to build healthy relationships with different organizations and schools and and ministries within the city uh, who are caring in particular ways uh, for the citizens of our city, mm-hmm. for Atlantans. And so, for instance, Sutton Middle School, um, we've been able to hopefully be a blessing to them by uh, providing some equipment and meeting some different needs that they've had come up, have some service days and whatnot. We've identified a, ha- a host of uh, local uh, nonprofit organizations that are doing excellent, excellent work. Uh, in Atlanta that we want to uh, come alongside and help and, and financially support even as a church family. Uh, those are a couple of ways. One of the, one of the biggest ways right now um, that we're focusing on is through the Covenant Collective. And so uh, we've got an open space, a co-working space where we're inviting the community, the city uh, into, into our space where they can come and uh, work for free uh, in a great environment, have great coffee and great conversations and hopefully build community uh, with with some of our church members through that. So I hope this was helpful to those of you who are listening. When when we talk about discipleship and what it really means to, to be a disciple, you know, obviously we're talking about someone who's following faithfully after Christ. But what we've tried to do in this is distill behaviors 
of someone who's faithfully following after Christ. They're regularly in corporate worship. They're pursuing the Lord in some sort of personal devotion. They're being a good steward of their household and worshiping with their families. They have a sense of relational discipleship, meaning that they're in relationships with other believers pursuing the Lord. They're being a faithful kingdom ambassador, seeking to use their life and influence to be an ambassador for Christ wherever they are. They're supporting the church. They're giving to the needs of the church so that the church can carry out its mission. Uh, they're serving in the church. They're, they're meeting practical needs within the church, being disciple makers within the church. They're blessing the city, um, you know, both individually and corporately, and they're reaching the world, seeking to engage with what God is doing globally. And I really just believe if you're doing these nine things, if these nine behaviors are indicative of your life, then you're going to grow. You're going to grow in Christ. It's not that the behaviors make you grow. It's the behaviors put you in the environment where you can really behold the glory of God and in beholding his glory, grow and be conformed to his image. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of other things that we do at Christ's Covenant, from the Spotted Cow to Covenant Institute to even this Think Through It podcast. But really what, what we want you to hear is that all of those things exist to serve this kind of gospel kingdom mission, um, you know, identity, core identity of, of who we really are. And, and those are the things from personal worship to serving in the church to supporting the church to being a good kingdom ambassador. Those are the things that we really want you as members, or those of you are listening that are members, to keep as a priority in your life. There's one other tool that I kind of want to talk about, Blake, as we close down, and that is our new Rhythms booklet. If you haven't gotten a Rhythms booklet, tell us a little bit what it is, why we produce it, uh, what do we hope our folks get out of it? Yeah, so uh, Rhythms is a quarterly resource that we're going to uh, continue to print and make available uh, for our church members. The, the goal of it is uh, what's stated on the front, is that our members would read Scripture, sing Scripture, pray Scripture, and obey scripture and what we wanted to do is create um, some alignment and as much as we could between how people were in fact reading singing praying and obeying scripture and so what we've done is we've uh, jason's kind of mapped out his sermon series over the course of uh, this quarter and uh, all subsequent quarters and so uh, we've broken the book down broken the book down into uh, the sermon series provided some supplementary uh, text to read surrounding that passage to kind of give support uh, to it. We've provided some hymns, and we've got some hymnals available for purchase, um, and, and we've got a Spotify playlist even with these hymns uh, queued up uh, to sing. We've provided, you know, to listen to so that you can sing along, um, and then we've provided uh, uh, something to pray. And so uh, one of the things that we've done over the past year, well, in 2018, was we had Don Whitney come and teach our congregation how to pray through the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're just trying to give our members tools to be able to implement all of these things that we've just talked about in a unified way. Well, it's a super helpful tool. And for those of y'all that are using it, I hope you have enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and really the hope of this conversation has been to talk about what is a disciple and particularly how do we understand discipleship at Christ's covenant. And really in so many, and very simply, we understand discipleship as membership. If you will live out this membership covenant, valuing the things that we value in terms of conviction, pursuing our core values, um, and, and just making it a discipline in your life to follow through in these behaviors, 
I believe, Blake believes, our pastors believe, you will grow in Christ. You will grow to treasure him more. You'll be useful for his kingdom, uh, and he will be more and more the center of your life. And that's obviously our hope. Um, and that's what Blake and I are praying for for you, along with our other elders. Um, and if you're not plugged into a church, uh, you know, if it's not Christ's covenant, find the church that's serious about disciple making, that's serious about protecting and caring for and leading your soul. Jump in there and, uh, and be a part. Blake, thanks so much. This has been a helpful conversation. Yeah, man. Thank you. For Blake Rogers, I'm Jason Dees, encouraging you to think through it. <laughs>